Hey, I'm Dee Dee West, and this is Broken Limelight. Thanks for joining me for today's new episode. Real quick, there's a couple of things that I want to discuss. The first thing I want to announce is the winner of our October giveaway. The winner of the $25 gift card to Spencer's or Spirit Halloween stores and the Broken Limelight t-shirt is Claudia Hawkins. Claudia, thank you so much for all the effort you put into this. I really appreciate all your hard work and your participation. I'll be in touch with you to get you your prize. I have a few shout outs that are due. Uh, bear with me and I will shout you out next episode. <laughs> so there's one more thing that I wanted to talk about real quick before we get into today's episode. So yesterday, Alec Baldwin accidentally killed someone. Yeah. So I guess he was on, he was filming a movie called Rust and he shot a prop firearm. And he shot two people. One of them, cinematographer Helena Hutchins, actually died. The other one is still alive. Um, Alec Baldwin, at first, they couldn't get him for comment. He was seen crying. He made his first public statement saying, There are no words to convey my shock and sadness regarding the tragic accident that took the life of Helena Hutchins, a wife, mother, and deeply admired colleague of ours. He tweeted this on Friday. I'm fully cooperating with the police investigation to address how this tragedy occurred, and I'm in touch with her husband, offering my support to him and his family. My heart is broken for her husband, their son, and all who knew and loved Helena. Nobody's being charged with anything in this case so far, and it's still being investigated. So that's really sad. Um, I guess that's two really powerful and admired females that we're going to talk about getting killed, sadly. Today's episode's gonna be a sad one. This is a sad song. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I hope one of you watches New Girl. Okay, so Adrian Shelley was actually born Adrian Levine in Queens, New York on June 24th, 1966. She started performing at just 10 years old and she went to Stage Door Manor Performing Arts Center. She made her professional debut while she was in high school working in a summer stock production of Annie. In the late 80s and early 90s, Adrienne started appearing in independent films like The Unbelievable Truth and Trust. She also guest starred in a number of shows like Law and & Order and Oz, and she played major roles in over two dozen Broadway plays. Adrienne had a tendency to play some really dark, difficult roles, but what's interesting is that those who have worked with her describe her as joyous and playful. She was like this fun-loving person who just loved life. And it really just shows how great of an actress she was. She also liked to portray powerful women or have powerful women portrayed in her films. During the 90s, Adrienne shifted her interest to working behind the camera, and in 1999, she wrote and directed the film I'll Take You There, for which she won a U.S. Comedy Arts Festival Film Discovery Jury Award in the year 2000 for direction of the film. In 1994, Adrian married Andy Ostroy, the chairman and CEO of the marketing firm Bellardi Ostroy. The two of them had a baby in 2003, a little girl named Sophie, who actually makes a cameo appearance at the end of Waitress. Adrian actually started writing the screenplay for Waitress while she was pregnant with Sophie. I guess while she was pregnant, she was having some fears about how she was going to commit to her family life as well as her career, and she was just kind of nervous. And then when her daughter was born, she was just filled with all this love and joy and adoration for this little person. 
and it just completely washed her worries away. So the movie is kind of like loosely based on on her, not her, but on her feelings, maybe. While Shelly would be like working on the film or editing, she would let Sophie crawl all over the floor. And it was said that it brought Adrian a joy like nothing else. Waitress was submitted to the Sundance Film Festival in 2006, and Adrian was eagerly waiting to find out if it was going to get accepted. She actually joked that they should send pies to the judges, because if you've seen the movie, pies are like a central theme, because she said that the judges shouldn't make that decision on an empty stomach. But it turned out that they didn't need to send the pies. The movie was accepted, and it was one of the top films. It was actually purchased by Fox Searchlight Pictures for over $4 million. Unfortunately, that exciting news didn't reach Adrian in time. Adrian had leased an apartment that she was using as an office. It was in Manhattan's West Village. On November 1st, 2006, her husband Andy dropped her off at her, her office apartment at 9.30 in the morning. This would be the last time he saw her alive. Throughout the day, Adrian didn't call or text him the entire day. So by the end of the day, when like he's tried to reach her and she's not responding, he was getting pretty weirded out. So by like 545 in the afternoon, he's like worried, like, why hasn't she called me to pick her up? So he goes to the apartment building and he asked the doorman to walk him up to the apartment. When they got there, they found her body in the bathtub. She had been hanged with a sheet from the shower rod. NYPD immediately assumed that this was a suicide, but Andy pointed out that the front door was unlocked and there was money missing from her wallet. Plus, like, she just wasn't suicidal, you know? Like, this was her husband and he was fighting it. He fought it a lot. And everyone around agreed. Like, she was just in a really great place in her life. It didn't make any sense and she just would not have left her two-year-old daughter, motherless. She adored being a mom. The autopsy concluded that the cause of death was from neck compression. After Andy did a lot of pushing, the police finally decided to re-examine the bathroom. So they re-examined it more carefully, and they found something interesting. There was a shoe print in gypsum dust on the toilet, right next to where the body was found. And, like, Adrian's body was found without shoes on. But these shoe prints were like Reebok sneakers, and they actually found matching footprints downstairs. The apartment that was directly below Adrian's was actually under construction. The work that was being done there that day was overseen by a contractor named Luis Hernandez, and Luis actually recognized the shoe prints. He had a worker who had Reeboks just like the ones found in the footprint in the crime scene. That worker was named Diego Pilco. He was a 19-year-old immigrant from Ecuador. Diego didn't speak any English. He had only been in the United States for a couple of months. He reportedly paid $15 million to be smuggled into the country and still owed $12 million more. He and his brother were living in the apartment complex. I guess the landlord was letting him live, like, in a basement apartment unit. So the police brought Diego in for questioning, and he admitted to murdering Adrian almost immediately. It took less than 30 minutes to get it out of him. But he didn't tell the whole truth the first time around, or the second time around. First, he said that she came outside and complained about the construction noise. But because there was a language barrier, things got heated and an argument ensued. 
and apparently he threw a hammer at her head. She tried to get away, and he panicked that she was going to call the landlord or the police, which would likely get him deported. But then he changed the story, saying that she complained about the noise, and they argued, and she slapped him, and he punched her back, causing her to fall and hit her head and fall unconscious. Neither of these accounts really make sense, though, because there was no blunt force trauma found to her head. And if they had had an altercation on the construction site, she would also have had gypsum dust somewhere on her body. It likely would have been, like, all over. So ultimately, Diego said, okay, she never actually complained about the noise. Allegedly, Diego was just working and doing his job, and he happened to see Adrian walking up to her apartment. He then decided to follow her up and rob her. In all likelihood, he probably just saw a pretty woman walking by herself and took advantage of that moment. I read in some reports that police believed or theorized that he also may have had intent to rape her. I didn't see him admitting to that or why they believe that, but that was something that was out there in some of the reports. So Diego followed Adrian up to her apartment, and she had left the door open. So he went in and started taking money from her purse. Then she came into the room and caught him. She picked up the phone to call the police, and Diego ran over to her and covered her mouth. There was a scuffle, and they fell to the ground. And she fought hard. She scratched his face the fuck up. Diego then grabbed a sheet that he found nearby, and he started to strangle her with it. When she blacked out, he panicked, and he drug her body to the bathroom. And he then put her in the bath and hanged her body from the shower head, using the sheet to make it look like a suicide. And then he ran off. As it turns out, Adrian hadn't actually died from the initial strangling. So she was still alive when he drug her body through the house and hanged her in the shower, and that's where she actually died. Diego was sentenced to 25 years in prison with immediate deportation upon release. Adrian's husband, Andy, ended up suing Bradford General Contractors, the company that had hired Diego, because they were hiring illegal immigrants. In his perspective, he says that he sued them because, for one, Adrian would still be alive if they hadn't hired him, but also, all of their employees were immigrants. So, to be clear, these are Andy's words. He says that he has no problems with immigrants, but that the issue at hand was that due to the undocumented status of the employees, the employer didn't keep a paper trail of them, which could make it really easy for one of them to flee in the case of a crime like this one. And he also said that it was in the best interest of the contracting company not to call the police because that would bring their work to a halt if they deported the entire staff. So I think that, I mean, I think that argument would have a little bit more weight behind it if Diego actually had tried to flee. But the contracting company argued that they didn't know that Diego was dangerous when they hired him. And that fact would remain whether or not he were an immigrant. At the end of the day, the judge didn't see legal grounds for the lawsuit and dismissed it. After Adrian died, people started asking Andy where they could send donations. Once his head was a little bit cleared, he started thinking, what would Adrian want and who would she want to help? And he decided she would want to help other struggling female filmmakers. In 2007, Andy Ostroy founded the Adrian Shelley Foundation, which provides grants to help film students finance their independent film projects. 
and they provide like grants and awards and stuff. The board members include Paul Rudd, Cheryl Hines, Michelle Williams, and Carrie Russell. He thinks that Adrian would really be proud to have her name associated with this. He's quoted as saying, Through the foundation, we will not only help young women get their start in film, we'll help others make the transition from acting to directing as Adrian had done so successfully. The Women's Film Critics Circle gives an award called the Adrian Shelley Award, and it's given to the film that most passionately opposes violence against women. Adrian had appeared in an episode of Law and Order in the year 2000. It was an episode called High and Low. And in 2007, they released an episode of Law and Order that was loosely based on Adrian, kind of as a tribute to her. It was season 17, and the episode is called Melting Pot, if you want to check it out. In 2009, Andy Ostroy established a memorial garden for Adrian called the Adrian Shelley Garden. It's located on the southeast side of Abingdon Square Park in Manhattan, and it actually faces the building where Adrian died. In 2017, Waitress went to Broadway. The music and lyrics were written by Sarah Bareilles, and it's magnificent. Seriously, watch this amazing musical, or at least listen to the music, because it's wonderful. Sarah Bareilles says it's absolutely a tribute to Adrian Shelley. She said, We all really wanted to preserve her legacy and her vision. She says that she had even invited Adrian on board of the project. Adrian's daughter Sophie was not even three years old when she died. Andy says that the two of them feel her loss every day. He says, She just loves Sophie so much. I think of the way she looked at her and the adoration in her eyes. She was so joyful about being able to achieve her dreams and still be a mother. In remembering her, Andy also said, Adrian was the kindest, warmest, most loving, generous person I knew. She was incredibly smart, funny, and talented, a bright light with an infectious laugh and huge smile that radiated inner and outer beauty. She was my best friend and the person with whom I was supposed to grow old. That's so sad when, like, Almost every case we listen to, the fucking husband did it, and they're such pieces of shit, and this poor guy loved her so much. Those who have had the pleasure to work with Adrian note how ferocious and unintimidated she was. She knew what her vision was, and she made sure to achieve her goals. Even when it came to acting, she started telling her own stories instead of waiting for her dream roles to come around. Adrian Shelley is exactly the kind of person that Hollywood could use more of. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you guys again for sticking it out. I know that's one that a lot of people haven't heard of. And to be honest, I hadn't really heard of it until recently either. But if you listen to this whole episode anyway, I'm glad. Don't forget that you can always check out BrokenLimelight.com for uh, show notes and like a almost complete transcript of the episode. Also, guys... I just got new merch. You can also see that on BrokenLimelight.com. I did make the shirts that say, listen, fuck you. That's the share and take quote. There's a couple other cute stuff that say things like, wine, true crime, in bed by nine. Just check it out. Go to BrokenLimelight.com and there's a tab that says merch shop. Also, I have a new Patreon. Yep, I believe it's broke. Uh, I believe it's Patreon.com slash BrokenLimelight. Or... You can just go to BrokenLimelight.com and there's a little tab that says Patreon now. Thank you guys so much for spending your spooky month with me. And I can't wait to get to you with next week's episode. Until then, 
Bye-bye. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Today's episode is brought to you by Hunt a Killer. Hunt a Killer is a monthly mystery subscription box that's truly one of a kind. It's basically like a true crime case in a box. It comes with case files, codes to decipher, detailed backgrounds about the suspects and the victims. There's evidence for you to evaluate. It tells an immersive story of a whole crime case from beginning to end. It's kind of like an escape room in a box. You can do this by yourself, or you can team up with a buddy, or you can do it for like a game night or even a date night. You can take a little break from technology and immerse yourself fully into this box. Or if you prefer to be a more high-tech investigator, you can join online communities and talk to other Hunt a Killer players about clues and stuff. Hunt a Killer also shares part of the proceeds to the Cold Case Foundation, so your purchase actually helps with real-life cold cases. The best news is that Broken Limelight listeners get 20% off of their first subscription box. So go get started now at huntakiller.com and don't forget to use the code BROKENLIMELIGHT to get your 20% off. That's Broken Limelight, all one word.